welcome to Disciple Making Mala, a podcast to encourage, inspire, and equip you to make disciples in your home and in the world. Hello and welcome back to Disciple Making Mama. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're, yeah, I hope you're not worried about the future. And I hope that you do have opportunities in this time to to grow as a disciple of Jesus yourself. I find it honestly a little bit challenging. It it feels like this is a time where we have more time, where we don't have so many events. We're not just rushing from one appointment to another. Isn't this the time to pray a lot, to read a lot in the Bible? But I find that my like normal structure just being so different from from yeah normal i find it quite hard to be honest to to not just go on any news website during the extra time that i have and read up about what's happening in the world or yeah just kind of hmm i don't know becoming a bit um low on energy and low on initiative so yeah i really yeah, hope I can <laughs> get just in a in a good, healthy, life-giving rhythm again. And I hope the same for you. And yeah, thank you so much for listening in a time like this, for looking outwards, not just um yeah, being at home and thinking, oh my goodness, the world is kind of going crazy out there, but caring for the world and caring about God's heart for the world and wanting to be more equipped in making disciples. That's really encouraging. And yeah, I'm sure you remember, if you have been going through this podcast from the beginning, that right at the start, we talked about this principle of broad sowing, where we looked at the parable that Jesus told about the sower. And we saw that the sower is quite an interesting guy. He, he does his job in a rather unusual way because he just sows lavishly and a lot of the seed that he's sowing is actually falling on not on bad ground, on ground that, that does not bear good fruit. But some seed does fall on good soil and it almost feels like he just has to sow because in advance he he doesn't really know will the soil turn out to be good or will it turn out to be bad and we took a few lessons from that for our evangelism and our our sharing of the seeds of the truth about Jesus the truth about his kingdom the truth of the gospel that also there we we have to share lavishly and just as a seed is quite a small thing we can share those small truths um, wherever we are, in whichever situations we are, and then see how do people react, what kind of soil are they. And already then we talked about the fact that we can use stories, testimonies of how God has been um, working, how he's been real, how he's been revealing his character in our own lives. And... Yeah, I'm I'm wondering how are you doing with that? 
because it's uh, an unusual time. It's not so easy to just have chats with people as we, yeah, I don't know, are dropping our kids at school or are at some mom's group. But on the other side, I find it a lot easier actually to share those kind of stories on social media because I find a lot of people become rather introspective on social media at the moment and share more deep things or more thought-provoking things than usual and also have time to read that. So I've been finding that a, a new way to, to scatter the seed broadly. But sometimes it can we can lack a bit of inspiration. What would be a good story to share? What would be a good seed to share? So today... I thought I'll have a bit of a special episode where I have a guest. Hello, my guest. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I will introduce my guest just now. But yeah, we thought we would just share a few stories of how God has been real and working in our lives as an inspiration for you. Oh, I can share this kind of story. I also have a similar experience or so but also just as an encouragement because, yeah, we are hearing a lot of discouraging stories these days. So maybe it will also edify you and strengthen your faith to just hear, yeah, some testimonies about God and what he does in other people's lives. So let me introduce my guest, who is my husband, Hanu. And yeah, we are sitting here downstairs in our living room. The kids have just gone to bed. And yeah, I don't know. How shall how do you introduce your husband? <laughs> Think carefully now. Think carefully. So Hanu, people already know that you're South African and that I'm German and that we live in Japan. So how does a South African boor end up married to a German living in Japan? Yeah, I'd love to know the answer to that myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I obviously was born in South Africa, grew up there, and after studies, joined a mission organization and on the training program met you. And so that's where our story together started. And from the start, I knew that you were very passionate about uh, the kingdom of God. And quite soon, I know that you talked about adopting and caring for orphans and, and so on. And that was also something that was strongly on my heart since before we even met. And yeah, then Japan happened. Uh, that's obviously a, a longer story. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so when we came to Japan, we, we before coming, we wanted to adopt in South Africa, but the process looked to be quite long and um, tricky. And so we thought, okay, let's, let's do Japan first. And it didn't seem likely that we could adopt here, but we'd try. And otherwise, we'd go back to South Africa and adopt, but we just felt like we have to go to, to Japan. And yeah, coming here... It happened so quickly where we were just linked up with the right people who told us, you can adopt, you can adopt. And we even got the name of a, an agency that could help us in English. And through them, we adopted two 
kids who we could say Japanese kids at the moment mm -hmm. they are uh, a real mix because <laughs> on paper they're sort of Japanese sort of South African sort of German and yeah there are kids and I think they're a great mix of the three so what are you doing in Japan other than adopting mm -hmm. so <laughs> we are here with a mission organization and of course we do various things but one of my main roles in the organization is that I train uh, new and current missionaries and also people from outside the organization um, different Christians and what do you yeah. train them in I train them in various things but from um, you know in the start at the start I focused a lot on adapting to Japan uh, helping new missionaries to learn about the history and the culture and so on, sort of sharing what I had picked up. And then, yeah, had a had a time where I realized that a lot of people coming in on short-term outreach especially, but also longer term, people had a lot of head knowledge, but sharing the gospel, for example, was a big challenge. And many, many understood the gospel. But if you say, hey, can you share the gospel? You're coming here on a short-term outreach to Japan. Please share the gospel with that person. And they seem petrified. They suddenly freeze. And so that's when I then really became more aware of the need to train people in those very basic things of uh, mission, of evangelism, of making disciples. And yeah, so I love that. And I see God using me in that in various ways. So... Yeah, so one part of your training, I know, of course, is this this thing that we've also been talking about on the podcast, broad sewing. Yes. Why would you say is that good, powerful? Why, why should we do it? Hmm. Hmm. Well, broad sewing, as you described earlier, is uh, in a way reckless with the seed just going everywhere. And so just like Jesus addressing big crowds sometimes and then um, really sharing with many, many different people. And so I learned this principle from, from more experienced missionaries who said to me, don't look at the outside, don't look at the initial, your initial uh, impression of somebody might be quite wrong. And you might think, oh, this person would never be open to the gospel or that person is so anti-Jesus oh, that let's just not even waste our time. And they said, you don't know what's going on in their heart. Sometimes the person who is very anti is actually very open and very searching. So one thing about the, the broad sewing is it needs to go broad and to anyone and everyone. Because we don't see people's hearts. God knows their hearts, but we don't see their hearts. Mm. And he is at work in their hearts. So it kind of helps us to find those people yes, that are exactly. at a stage exactly. to, to hear more. Exactly. So that's one part. And then the other part is that we to, to be able to do that, you cannot go and spend a whole day with each of those people. If you really want to go widely, then it needs to be more natural it needs to be shorter mm. more concise stories things that just come up in conversation and so on and so that's one of the key things of broad sewing is 
yes, it can be a short form of the gospel, but really what we want to do is open somebody's eyes or ears or so to something of the kingdom of God. Uh, we want to, in a way, switch on the light. Mm. Jesus said we, we should be a, a lamp, like a light onto the world, reflecting his light. And so when we expose people who are caught in the, the kingdom of darkness to this light, we see what they do. Are they attracted by it? Or is it a bit much like mm. shining a flashlight in somebody's eyes mm. in, the, in the night? They're like, oh, go away. Or is it, oh, what is that? Mm. Tell me more. And so we're looking for those people who respond positively. And it's often not the people that we might think. Well, so we are in this episode where we're talking about stories. At other times, I've been talking about the gospel. So stories are very subjective and that that could be a, a point of criticism. Well, you have your story, I have my story. Yeah. You experience Jesus, I call him Buddha, I call him whatever, my ancestor. And then we have the gospel that, that we say is, is objective. It is the truth. Why would you say do we do we share those those two I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Why, why do yeah. we share some objective and some subjective seeds? Yeah. So the object of the, the biblical story, it might be uh, that you share the gospel in a very, almost a recipe-like way mm -hmm. of these are the points according to the Bible is very, very important. We cannot share the gospel if we don't share what's in the Bible of the essential truths but it can be very dry it can appear as though we're just sharing head knowledge and it could be that we are just sharing head knowledge if we don't also share something of what it did in our lives if we only share subjective only the story of oh jesus did this in my life and so on then somebody can say well that's nice for you so we, we need to have the, the subjective so people can relate to it. It's personal. It's, wow, this happened in your life? Or, wow, this is, I can see the object of the reality that Jesus died, was buried and rose again 2,000 years ago in your life today. And both are true. So it's not that one should be at the expense of the other, but, but we need both going together. Thank you. So what would be such a story that you have shared in, in your own broad sewing? Yeah, actually, this story is the one that I shared when I was going through training and uh, church planting training. So I remember this one well. Uh, and I actually, in that training, I shared it with a, a guy from a Muslim country. We had a, an amazing dinner together. And so the, the trainers were there and they, they knew which story I should be sharing and they created an opening for me and I shared it with them. And there was an amazing opportunity for me. So when I was in the, the after the training in our mission, I was working in the, in the office for a while. And during that time, money was rather tight <laughs> and I was sort of working out what does God want me to do long term? with the mission and I they had various things that I could help out with at the office and 
one day in that time, I was staying with my parents, so I didn't have many expenses. Um, that's how I was getting by. And I woke up in the morning and on my phone, I would get text messages of any transactions uh, on my bank account. And it had this list of very odd transactions that came through in the night. And I was a little bit surprised at first and then horrified to see bodybuilding.com. And I remember there were <laughs> things like that at 3 a.m. And so I immediately realized this is, this is not good uh, because it really came from my bank. So I phoned them and they immediately said, yes, uh, there are actually even more transactions, but they were declined because you ran out of money. <laughs> and so I didn't have anything then. Um, so they said, okay, we cancel your card and uh, we'll follow up, we'll investigate and we'll get back to you. So I went uh, to do my work for the day and I just said, God, you know about this. Uh, you know my financial need, you know what I what I need, please take care of this. And I, I really felt strongly that I shouldn't tell anyone. So even my parents didn't know about this. And then I yeah, was at work, getting busy with things. And during the day, I got a text message from a, a friend from school that I hadn't seen even in a, a few years. And he said, hey, I'd like to catch up with you. So I said, oh, that's nice. He said, how about tonight? I thought, well, that's a little bit fast, but um, great. That sounds good. And then I realized, oh, but one of the things that I was doing at, the, at that office in the mission was to help out with a mobilizing event in the evening. And we would only be done at like 9 p.m. And I said to him, oh, actually, I have this event. And he said, never mind afterwards so i thought okay it's quite urgent okay let's have coffee afterwards so at this mobilizing event there was a missionary speaking and telling an amazing story and and then actually saying guys this project that i'm talking about is ongoing and we need finances and i was just so moved by that i just thought i really want to give everything i have with me so i opened my wallet and like as the whatever it was, like a little money bag or something passed, I realized I just put in everything I had in there because my bank account is empty. So it wasn't a lot of money, but it was whatever I had. And I thought, oh, okay, there it goes. And so I get in my car to go and have coffee with this friend. And I see, oh, I have very little money for fuel. I have uh, very little fuel in my car and I have no money to put in any. So... I said, God, please let these fumes get me to uh, this place where we're going to have coffee. And I'm, uh, I'm looking around for various, wherever there might be some coins in my car, just to be able to pay for the coffee. So anyways, uh, I get to this place and uh, my friend is already waiting there. And um, I'd been praying to God about the, the whole day and everything that had been happening. And so the first answer to prayer was that the guy at the door said, I'm so sorry, guys, but it's closing time and we can't take any new customers. And I thought, thank you, God. I couldn't <laughs> pay for the coffee anyway. And uh, so this friend said, oh, never mind. Can we just sit here outside at one of the tables? And so the, the guy said, yeah, sure, no problem. So we sit there and he clearly isn't in the mind for chit-chat. And he just says, hey, 
I'm really sorry that uh, yeah, this is now the, the situation that we see each other in again and so on. But um, yeah, I just felt on my heart today to contact you because I feel that you have a financial need. And I looked at him with shock on my face and surprise, of course, because I had not told anyone and I hadn't heard it from him in years. And I said, well, and then he burst out, oh, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have just, I shouldn't have said anything. I know it's none of my business. And I said, no, you don't understand. Let me tell you what happened to me today. So I share with him what happened. And he was amazed because he said, this is the first time in my life that I really, they know that I heard God speaking to me. And so he was very encouraged. I was encouraged and I still didn't have any money. <laughs> then he said, well, he doesn't have a job at the moment, but this is clearly God. And so he wants to give me some money. He wants to give me a thousand rand. And uh, so what's that about a hundred US dollars? Wow. And um, I thought, wow, that's really amazing. And uh, he said, okay, well, let's go. And I'll go and get some money from the ATM. So as we drive there, I'm thinking, God, thank you so much. The first, first thing I'll do is I'll take a fifth, 200 rand and put, put fuel in my car. And we get there and he was ahead of me. So he said, well, actually on the way here, God gave me a new amount, 1,200. And so even, even that God said, okay, here is your 200 for fuel and I still give you a 1,000 rand. And it was just, I, I drove home and I just felt like driving on a cloud. <laughs> I think I phoned you yeah. from the fuel station and told you what happened. And just all of this from the morning early to the evening. And later, actually, the, the transactions were reversed and uh, the, I got a new credit card and so on. But it was just so, so clear to me that God knows and he's able to provide. And more than that, he's able to use another Christian and even encourage that person through doing it. Wow. I'm always excited to hear the story, although I know it <laughs> very well. Now, sometimes after a, an amazing story like that, especially if you've just shared it kind of for a long time, that's the, I mean, that that is a story. You, you don't have a, a dialogue when you tell someone a story. It can feel a little bit, whoa, now, now you just <laughs> share this. Yeah. Hmm, now what? And I find that personally happening to me a lot, actually, that that I share something that God has done in my life and the the other person is really attentive. And but then afterwards it it kind of oof, becomes a bit flat or or it's like, oh what what do we say now? And I think that is something just to to be aware of. And to prepare ourselves for it. Now, some mm. people will say, um, always ask a question when you're done telling your story. So like something like this. Um, like you, say, you, have yeah. you ever experienced God answering your prayer like that? Yeah. Or where you just know this was God. It couldn't have been any other way. Anything is, is just statistically just impossible. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe something like, you experienced god knows is there something in in your life that's that's really a secret that that no one actually knows mm. and that you just even kind of secretly just want to say to god and ask him to take care of that like i said please take care of me in in this financial 
difficulty. So I think just depending on on the situation, on the culture that you're in, on your personality, on the relationship that you have with that person, it might be more or less appropriate to ask this kind of very direct question, have you ever experienced this or so? But I do think it's it's good to just think, hmm, how, how do I take this conversation further? Because we want to scatter seeds, we don't want to throw bombs and then the people just kind of run away or, or there's like, woof. Wow, that was now a big thing. Oh, let's let's talk about something else. So, yeah, it might be a question. It might be maybe later in the conversation, kind of coming back to that topic, or even just as you leave to to say something like, "Hey, God, God knows about your cares and concerns as well. Can I pray for you?" Or yeah, to just take it a bit further than just the story, in order for us to see what kind of soil is that person. And I think it's it's really brilliant that in the end you also you you brought it really back to the character of God as we believe He is. So you again actually brought that subjective, your subjective experience, your story together with the objective truth of we believe in a God who knows, who sees, who mm-hmm. who yeah is omniscient, all knowing, and who cares. And yeah, one. One other thing we, of course, believe is that that God doesn't only care, but even that he He speaks, like like you said, and he speaks. He spoke to that Christian friend of yours, and I remember one time, it was maybe two or three years ago. Um, we were already living in Japan, and it was just as I woke up. I think I really sensed. God is speaking to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I had this thought in my head that really came kind of from outside of myself. You know, it it wasn't something that I'd been thinking about. And that thought was, I have to go and visit a certain lady and pray for her knee. Now, I knew that lady. I had met her once through a coincidence. And she was an elderly lady, quite lonely. And the one time that I had met her, I was, I kind of thought, oh, this lady is really quite negative and, you know, just kind of dropping all her negativity about the world, but especially also about religion and about faith and so on, on me. And I really thought, ah, this lady is not interested in God at all. This lady is not interested in having a friendship or something at all. She is just really negative. And honestly, I kind of would prefer not to be too closely associated to her. So I had not visited her afterwards. And now suddenly out of the blue comes this thought, I must go and pray for her knee. Now after this situation, this one conversation that I've had with her, where she'd been so anti-religion, I thought, oh my goodness, can you imagine? I come there after months of not seeing her, having only seen her once and saying, hello, I would like to pray for your knee. (laughs) So I was really battling a little bit with God. But then I thought, okay, let let me go, let me obey. And I went there 
and obviously I didn't just stand on her doorstep and announce myself with I have to, God spoke to me I have to pray for you but we started chatting about this and that and actually this time she was really different it was like her heart had really been softened the previous time she had been this very hardened person but now she shared a lot about um, her fears her loneliness and we had a really meaningful time together and then I said as as it was time for me to leave again I said to her please come and visit me anytime you're yeah I I'm also sometimes lonely I'm a foreigner in this place please anytime just come to my place and let's have coffee and let's continue this conversation and then she said to me oh I would I would love to but you know I, I can hardly leave the house because my knees are just so bad that I can hardly move. I thought, wow, this is this is a confirmation. God has sent me here to really pray for her knees. And I asked her if I could do that. And she said, oh, yes, please do. And I then prayed for her. And as I was praying, she started crying. And God really touched her heart through through this prayer and she became yeah so open through that that we became really good friends but also she became really open towards God we could share the gospel with her and when yeah we, we then moved away from that place but when we moved away she was like a different person that that hardened person was not there anymore but now she was this soft person really seeking God experiencing God and yeah it all happened because of of this one time when I went and and prayed for her knee so yeah that is maybe a story that in this way I think I would I would share more with Christians or maybe people who are who have some knowledge about God but maybe think Mm, yeah, I kind of grew up as a Christian, but um, I don't think that, you know, it's real. And just to, to show them the, the reality of God, how, how God still works today, just as he, he did in the Bible, and how that can make us more secure in the truth of the Bible. But I have actually shared the story also with non-Christians, but then I, I kind of adapted of course now I've been sharing it with you guys who are Christian so I'm, I'm talking to people with a Christian worldview so that's also something to keep in mind of course we don't embellish our stories or um, make them untrue but also with different people we will of course emphasize different things or talk about different things yeah so your uh, story of the Praying for this lady's knee reminds me of uh, one of my favorite memories of uh, time in McDonald's. And it wasn't the food. In fact, I don't <laughs> remember what I ate. But as uh, I was with a, a group of other Christians and uh, we were learning together, we were driving from one place to another and we were stopping for having uh, something to eat and there was a McDonald's so we were there as we got into the McDonald's I saw 
another table where there was, uh, I can't remember if the people were sitting there or not, but there were some crutches on the side. It wasn't clear whose crutches they were, but my eyes were just drawn to them. And we as a group had been talking a lot about God healing and so on. And I just immediately knew I need to see who it is who is using those crutches and then uh, go and interact with them. And so we were having our McDonald's, but my eyes kept darting over to the scratches. And then suddenly I realized, oh, they're gone. No, they're over there. And it's a father, mother and two, two boys, I think. And it's the oldest one who's uh, having, his, having the crutches, walking with the crutches. And I thought, okay, here goes. So went over there and I said, uh, sorry, sorry to bother you, but uh, what happened to your, you know, that makes you walk with crutches? And he said, oh, he, he was playing football and then he twisted some ligaments, I think, uh, really hurt his ankle. And so it happened even earlier that day. And so I said, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. And uh, I'm a follower of Jesus and Jesus uh, healed is one of the one of the things that most people know about him. And he still does that today. And may I you know, lay hands on him and, and ask Jesus to heal him. And so the father immediately said, oh, we are we're of a different religion. We are we're Muslim. And I said, well, Jesus can still heal you if you'd allow me. And so, of course, with him saying that, my heart beats a bit faster, but you know, I'm I'm in there and I'm yeah, really trying to push forward and then the father gives his permission because of course it's a it's a boy, so I wanna have the father's permission. He said, Well, okay. So clearly not expecting anything. And so I put my hands on his on, on his legs and and I said, Be healed in, in the name of Jesus. And then I got up and I asked him, so how is it? And he said, oh, I, I feel something there. And, and I think the pain is less. And so that caused my heart to beat even faster, but in a good way. And I, I took courage and I said, okay, well, one more time. And I laid my hands there again. And, and then he said, oh, it's really the pain is gone. And his father was standing there quite surprised. And uh, then he started to walk and I said, well, can you try and walk without the crutches? And he, he was walking quite slowly. Of course, having such a wound, your mind keeps mm -hmm. you from walking fast. But he, he kept saying, I don't have any pain. And so then uh, I, me and, and one of the guys who, who were there with me then started to talking, talk to the, the parents about Jesus and that Jesus is um, the one who heals. Jesus is the son of God. And we had a really good opportunity for two, three minutes. And then they suddenly said, we need to go. And so then they went and uh, just got back to the table. And it was just such a, had such a buzz, so, so excited. And uh, Anna, have you ever wondered if God still heals today? I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously that question, I just, I uh, sort of forced it in there. Um, but that's what we mean with uh, sometimes asking a question afterwards, just 
allows you to continue the conversation after a story like that. And sometimes you do have to push it a little bit because you, you want to share with somebody. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it how we can yeah, experience the, the character of God in those, I mean, in a really very obvious miracle story like this, a, a stranger getting healed through a Christian laying hands on them and people yeah, who, who didn't want to hear anything about Jesus beforehand mm. being open. But I also love that God is so involved and caring even in in such small details in our lives. And I think we we can sometimes almost overread that when we read the Bible. But when, when we look for it, we see, wow, God was so... Like there, there's sometimes these odd details almost like, wow, why, why is this mentioned? But it, it just shows that God is really such a, a personal God who, who knows our hearts, who knows our needs and who wants to show his love and his care to us in those small things as well. One of those small things that I remember really well was during our first year of marriage. We had just got married a, a few months before and somehow there had been a mistake with our salaries um, and we had been paid double salary the one month and then nothing the next month but we we didn't realize so we newlyweds yeah it was also we yeah. moved from between South Africa and Germany and so we they'd said they'd keep the money for us in South Africa. And so that's why it was exactly. so easy to get confused. Exactly. So it was just a, yeah. a, a mix up, but mm. it brought us to the point where we had just moved to a new apartment. We could furnish everything. Everything was wonderful. So we could really enjoy our, our double salary, but we didn't realize of course that the next month we wouldn't have um, a salary. And then we had a really lean month after our fat month before And we we didn't starve. We had a lot of pasta and kind of finished all our, um, yeah, all our reserves. But in that time was now the first, my first birthday during our married life. And I remember that you were really feeling so bad because you thought, oh man, now it's it's Anna's first birthday as my wife and, you know, we're going to eat pasta again for the fifth time this week and we can't do anything and I can't buy her anything and yeah but we we thought well that's just how it is but the day before my birthday I was just cleaning up our flat a little bit and looking through um, wedding cards that we'd gotten and just indulging a little bit in those memories again And then I found one envelope that I'd somehow not opened before. And I opened it, read the nice note, and it said, here is something for you guys. I know probably as newlyweds, money might be a little bit tight. And therefore, I want to forbid you to use this money for anything sensible or useful you know don't go and buy toilet paper with this but go and have a date and just splurge and enjoy and I found that 
just the day before my birthday. So in that very lean month, we had this one day where we could use this money that I'd found and just have the most amazing date day and really enjoy ourselves, really yeah, see God spoiling us for that one day. And then we, yeah, we went back to the, to the lean days for the rest of the month, but it just made it very real to me that, that God takes care of me, that I don't have to worry, but he, you know, he, he doesn't only take care of my minimal needs, but from time to time, he just gives this amazing gift of something special. Yeah, I, I think we, we did use a little bit of that for some nice groceries as well. That felt like <laughs> yes. an amazing treat at that stage yeah. to, to just get some fresh fruit and things as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can maybe share a story of uh, taking a bit of a leap of faith. I, in that year before, uh, before we got married, I went to a, a church planting training um, course, shall I say? It was three weeks. And it was done in a city that is about a thousand kilometers away from where I lived and worked. And I was very excited when I heard about this training and very eager to go. We were quite a small group, I think five people. And um, the director of our mission was also he actually told me about it and he said i really think you would benefit from from this and this is what you want to be using in the future right and i said absolutely and so yeah everything lined up except finance <laughs> as i told you already before uh, that time was it was quite lean um, and so i had the money for paying the fees for the course I also had money for bus fare down there uh, to Port Elizabeth, but I did not have money to buy a return ticket. So I just said, okay, God, I, I really feel I should go. Everything tells me I should go, but please bring me back. <laughs> and so I went, I went on the bus and really enjoyed that training. The first week was fantastic. I learned so many things. I thought I would add a lot of things to my existing training, but really what happened was a lot of things got subtracted. A lot of ideas that I had that they said, don't try this, don't try that. And so that was a big blessing. But after a week, there's that voice, the voice of doubt, the voice of <laughs> reason coming into your mind saying, uh-huh yeah and how are you getting getting home and now you're going to be a burden on these people and when are you going to tell them and because i kept looking at my bank account but nothing happened there <laughs> and so i had to start silencing that but i said god you know you know i i know you know my needs and i you can provide for me um please do please do so i of course i i didn't tell anyone about my financial need. Um, this is something that I decided um, even before joining the mission organization that I would talk to God about my needs and not to other people about um, about my needs. And so then two, three days later, so basically in the middle of this course, 
I get an email from the guy who is organizing and managing the, the vehicles for the mission in the, in the, at the office where I was working. And we didn't have a lot of interaction. And he sent me this very nice email saying, hey, how are you doing? I hope you're really enjoying the training. I'm thinking, why is he emailing me? <laughs> and he said, I am really, really very sorry to bother you with this. I hope you, I hope you read this email. But we have been looking as an organization for a specific vehicle. It's a very unique vehicle. And it is, uh, we finally found one secondhand with the right price and the right conditions, everything, except that it is a thousand kilometers away in the city where you are now. So if it is at all possible, could you please, I've already contacted the dealer and so on, could you go there and just check that the car's okay and then if it is if it is possible and not inconvenient, I don't know, you must have already booked <laughs> your transport back, I don't know how you're coming back, but would it be possible for you to drive this vehicle back to the office? And I could not believe my eyes. In the whole of South Africa, they found this vehicle through the internet in that city. And when I saw the vehicle, I realized that the license plate is from the province that I was in. And so they had just moved that car from there to the coast to try and sell it because they couldn't get it sold. And then on <laughs> the coast, they found it through the internet. And yeah, so that, that car was ready to go the day before the training ended. And I ended up driving it back. And so I had an all expenses paid <laughs> trip back. Um, and God really knows I could take that step of faith. I could not have in my wildest dreams imagined how he would solve my dilemma. But in the end, I ended up helping the mission as well. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy. Wow. You know what I just remembered? Um, sometimes I've shared stories like this, like of, of God's provision, of God's um, intervention in my life with non-Christians, people who have no Christian background whatsoever. And then they would suddenly say, oh, but I've experienced something similar. And then suddenly they start realizing, like looking back on their lives, God has been there. Like I, I remember sharing one story of God, how God provided for us with my friend who's not a Christian. She's Japanese, very traditional Shintoist belief. And then she said, wow, Anne, now that you share this, you know what happened to me last week? My father-in-law is hospitalized and somehow... Um, his insurance didn't want to pay out or whatever. And then she, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember all the details, but somehow she could manage to be exactly at the right place at the right time to get the right kind of form to have all the expensive expenses for her father-in-law in hospital paid. And she would not have realized God's, presence in her life without me having kind of switched on that mm -hmm. light that then shone onto her life and then she suddenly realized whoa I'm 
I'm not even believing in this God, but I'm hearing he provides. That's his character. He cares for us. And actually, I've been provided for. I've been cared mm. for. I wonder, is is God, you know, real? Is he, yeah, is he reaching, out to, reaching me? out to me? And actually, that was then, yeah, the, the start of quite an, an interesting um, journey with that, with her father-in-law being in hospital and how how god really strengthened her faith before she even came to faith with that number one through this um realization while god provided the money for this through bringing various things together but then also i had been sharing some some stories of how god had healed people in in our experience and she said oh i wonder could he also heal my father-in-law I said, well, could we go and visit him? And she said, no, actually, he's he's doing really badly. Um, there, they they even consulted a medium who kind of like looked into the spiritual realm and and consulted with the dead about her father-in-law's condition. And it seems the spirit of the deceased mother-in-law um, was already holding on to the father-in-law according to this medium so the family was kind of just expecting him to die any day because yeah this medium had said he's he's basically already gone and so she, my friend said i'm very sorry but only family members can go and visit him and i said oh that's really sad but we'll we'll pray for him from here <laughs> just you know if we can't go there so we did, and two days later, so she called me and she said, Anit, the most remarkable thing happened. My father-in-law is going to be released from hospital. He's out of his, I, I, I don't think it was like a full coma, but he was kind of not, you know, not there. He's, he's fully, you know, we can talk to him. He's fully aware of things. And he can leave the hospital. He can leave intensive care. And now he just has to be in a normal old age home. And yeah, that was that was amazing that sharing a story actually made her ask for, for something similar in yeah. her life. And then she experienced that, that thing in her life as well. Yeah, I think we've... we've talked a lot we've shared a lot of stories there are still a lot of stories that we could share but I think I will also share some more testimonies and just how we've experienced the goodness and reality of God in our lives in in other podcasts as well yeah we hope you've been encouraged through these stories really in just how amazing God is, how he cares for us. I hope you've been yeah, strengthened in your faith to, to step out in faith, to obey him and to, to have open eyes for where is he writing stories like this in your life potentially at the moment. But also we hope that you've been inspired to, to share these stories with the people around you. Yeah, I think there's something about these stories that I know of all of these ones that we've shared. We've shared them many times. And 
we, when we think of the, the Christian life of being disciples of Jesus, we think of things, oh, read your Bible and pray a lot and, and do the spiritual disciplines and grow in your faith. And those things are very, very important. They're vital. But something that I really hear people talk about is practice. Practice mm. things in the Christian life. But for me, sharing the gospel requires practice. I need to practice it. So, of course, doing it is practicing it. But I've actually often practiced sharing the gospel or practiced sharing these stories just with Anne or with somebody else, like a Christian or on my own even. Or I've written it down. Um, being here in Japan, we've, in the especially the first few years, had to write it down in order to translate it, which was a really good mm -hmm. uh, exercise. But I want to encourage you, if you have stories like this, we're not all great storytellers and... I often forget stories. So I made myself a list, actually, of writing these down that I don't forget them. It seems ridiculous to say, oh, God did a miracle in your life and you forget. But we're human. It yeah. happens. Yeah. And excitedly, if, if you have many stories, then some of them can get lost. But the more you have, the more you can share them in a natural way where somebody says, oh, I, I have this problem with the bank or this happened or that happened to me. And you think... I have a story, something that naturally flows in conversation and makes it easier for you to, to be the light of the gospel in those people's lives. So don't think it's a bad thing to practice. I want to encourage you, practice, write it down. And for me now, these stories, I just have the heading. And then if I see the heading, I know, oh, the credit card story. I can tell that story. I know it. I've shared it a lot. But unless I share it at least twice a year, I'll probably forget it. I'll forget the details. So I want to encourage you to practice. Mm, yeah. All right. That's it from us for today. We'll actually come to you again soon as, uh, yeah, in, in this constellation as a team. We'll look a little bit more into... Um, yeah, some, some aspects of the gospel, some aspects of the response to the gospel. So you can look forward to that. That will come to you in the next few weeks. But for now, we hope that you have been blessed and edified and that you will go and scatter a lot of seed and that you will really find those, those people who are hungry for this, both lukewarm Christians or absolute non-believers, and that you can help them in yeah coming yeah becoming disciples of Jesus and that you can really see this fourth soil this good soil that bears a lot of fruit so yeah be blessed have a good week and talk to you again soon bye bye